Welcome to the Informants Nerdcast, presented by Nerd Informants Media. The Informants Nerdcast is powered by Branson's IMAX Entertainment Complex, The Sign Man and Hollister, Comic Force, White River Design Company, and 1984 Branson Arcade. Well, hey, what is going on, fellow geeks and nerds? Welcome back to the Informants Nerdcast, Season 1 continuing on, and this is Episode 7, I am a nerd, and I am Josh Grisham. I'm also a nerd, and you can call me Tim Church. Buddy, it feels good to be back with you side by side. A little bit of consistency back underneath both of our yeah. feet. And uh, continuing on, we're really back on schedule. We are. We are. Excited to be back. This is, wow, can you believe episode number seven already? This is kind of insane. I guess this is a thing now. I, what, did I, what a crazy start it has been. I mean, we, we've, we've done so much. We've accomplished so much. I mean... Man, we've gotten old in the podcasting world already. I mean, what it what is number seven in podcast dog years? Does that make us seventy in the podcast scene? How old are we? I, I think that's about right. You know, for for every one year in <laughs> podcasting, it's actually ten. So, or for every episode, I should say. So essentially, we've done seventy episodes. I, I mean, essentially in the podcast world, that, that's Man, what I'm thinking. We're we're so seasoned. I mean, we're we're marinated podcast veterans now. Ah, uh, Tinder. We're Tinder. <laughs> we're, we're, we're making our own gravy in Podcast Nation now at this point. So uh. we did we did something a little <laughs> bit different last week. Yeah, I know. That's gross. I can't take it back now. <laughs> Turn off the crock pot. I'm it's, done. It's kind of like, <laughs> Tim's like, hey, do you, you want to go back for it? No, we've come too far already. <laughs> so what we did last week is we, we really kind of, we, we started current and then we went back in time and we decided to do the same thing again. So... We're going to go until we hit that hour mark, and Lord knows what's going to happen at that point. And we start off, uh, generally, if you're if you're stuck in a time warp with this, and like you're stuck on today, which is July 22nd, no matter when you find this podcast, we're going to start with about an hour ago. Yeah, so this is the latest, the breaking, the top. My brother, why don't you go ahead and open up this edition of the Informants Nerdcast, going back one hour in time. Oh, I'm very happy to. So, uh, just one hour ago, HBO announced that they are picking up Perry Mason for a second season. Is it really uh, that good? Apparently. Um, I don't know. I bad. I don't know anything about Perry Mason. So, here's the thing. And we've got HBO. We do. And uh, the news of the renewal only comes five episodes into this first season. Um, apparently, Matthew Ray's is just amazing in it uh, in order for them to have brought it back for a second season. But here's the thing. The initial pilot episode people were criticizing it pretty heavily so i'm thinking something has happened in between episode one and episode five that's really changed hbo's mind i'm thinking maybe people are jumping on the train uh and just a reminder for those out there this show is actually being produced by marvel's own hero robert downey jr and his wife susan downey under their production banner team downey uh, so th- this is a product of Robert Downey Jr. So maybe, just maybe, a second season could see RDJ popping in. You know, I, I think, honestly, I'm going to have to watch this, not because uh, Matthew is so good in this or because, you know, the, the fandom loves it or it's trendy. I think I'm honestly going to have to watch it because I just don't want to disappoint Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, no one wants to do that. And I'm pretty is, sure... Is that-, that a good reason to watch it? <laughs> You saying that makes me think that's why HBO <laughs> went ahead and gave it a second season. The HBO did not want to disappoint Robert Downey Jr. That's exactly what happened. 
I, cause, I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, Matthew's great and all, but I'm like, I, I need to watch more of the dude's stuff because when I look at him, I don't see Perry Mason. I just see Lloyd Vogel. <laughs> and that and that's yeah. bad. I, I need to I need to like really enhance my viewership of Matthew's career, honestly. Moving on, and, and this, I've been dying to say this since we've started the podcast, given the fact that we're seven episodes in at this point right now, but all of you fellow geeks out and nerds are out there right now, just stop, collaborate, and listen. Josh is back with a brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flows like a harpoon, daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Dave Franco. Okay, sorry. I, I tapped into uh, my... Guys, I'm sitting here in shock because this is the, I've never heard you rap before. That was pretty good, man. And I rapped on the podcast. You're welcome. Ring it up. Dave, uh, Dave Franco. Dave Franco. He's the other Franco that we really don't hear much from, sadly, because Dave Franco, he's a really good actor. He's tremendous. I love Dave Franco. He was amazing, and now you see me. Yep. So. Now you see me, and of course, uh, neighbors as well. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Dave is currently preparing for the most high-profile role yet of his career. I like this because this could open the door. Now, I want to temper your expectations, friends, because we're not getting like rocket man level films here nor are we going to get something that's on the vein of like a bohemian rhapsody with rami malik um 1990s rapper vanilla ice that's who dave franco is going to play that's why i tell you all to stop collaborate and listen <laughs> dave franco needs your attention now, Franco spoke publicly about the role for the first time in a profile story with Insider for his upcoming directorial debut, The Rental, which is available on demand, and it's select <laughs> drive-in theaters on Friday. Um, seeing it in theater, if you've gotten a chance to see it in a theater or a drive-in movie theater, lucky you. We don't have that luxury around here. Um, now, they've been in development for a while, but they're inching closer and closer to pre-production, and uh, that was uh, Franco talking about this Vanilla Ice biopic, so... We're going to see him with uh, some really flared hair, a really weird, like partially shaved eyebrow. Mm. And personally, the movie is going to hit its marks and it's going to get the highest grade and recommendation from me, even though it might run the risk of completely sucking from front to back. If Dave Franco manages to get up on a stage and do ninja rap, I'm going to give the movie a pass. I mean, I, I, I feel like a movie of this ninja, caliber. Ninja, rap, ninja, <laughs> ninja, rap. Yeah. If, if he's able to put those skills out there, and I mean, I, I don't see this movie moving forward, of course, without Vanilla Ice's, you know, approval. And, and you know his uh, consistency uh, as part of the as part of the production team of some kind. Yeah. So and, and I, I think that's going to be a big part of it. So I don't think they would have cast Franco unless Vanilla was just like, all right. And that amazes me because I will just say this. Robbie Van Winkle's life is absolutely the most colorful thing outside of a kid's coloring book. The guy. Yeah. I mean, is that his real name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. That is the first time I have ever heard that name my entire life. That's showing my age. Congratulations, uh, man. You've just achieved enlightenment here on the Informants <laughs> Nerdcast. You know, and honestly, if he's going to tap into the character and he's going to play this role. I'm honestly worried about Dave Franco's health on the other side of this, Man. because if he comes out and he's been like going out on benders and like doing uh, like mountains of Pacino Coke from Scarface <laughs> and then having a, a, a big drinking problem, you know, I don't know. I mean, we'll just we'll leave it at that. But yeah, so uh, it's a wild card movie, dude. Man, has nothing to do with the vanilla ice topic, but the fact <laughs> that. 
you brought up, and this is honestly the first time I'm hearing about his directorial debut for mm. the rental. Yep. Um, so I, I'm very interested in that. I've not seen a trailer. I've not seen a synopsis, so I have no idea what it's about, but I will say when, and if I watch it, if it's not about an adventure to take back a blockbuster videotape <laughs> before, <laughs> before deadline, so he doesn't have to pay late fees, I'm going to be extremely upset. <laughs> That's the movie I want to see from Dave Franco. And if that movie isn't what it is, I'm going to be sincerely disappointed. We've given Dave Franco at least four minutes of un- of time on this podcast. <laughs> so, Dave, if you're listening, you're welcome. You're welcome, Dave. Uh, going, going forward, uh, <laughs> Vince Vaughn, his wife, Victoria Vaughn, as well as you'll shoot your eye out, kid, Peter Billingsley, uh, and together with their wild West picture show production company, they have been given a blind script deal to executive produce an animated comedy series for Fox. Uh, now those who might be into the details of these types of things, the wild West picture show production company is also in charge of the i think the fourth season it's got four seasons now of the show called f is for family and vince vaughn has actually had a guest role on on that show in some capacity um so definitely i think you're going to probably see something in that realm so if you're a fan of f is for family i imagine it's going to be still something within that genre but here's the thing a blind script deal that means there's no script there's no writer, there's no directors, there's nothing attached whatsoever other than Vince Vaughn, Victoria Vaughn, and Peter Billingsley and their production company. So Vox is really jumping full steam ahead on Vince Vaughn, which I think is just fantastic. You mean to tell me they gave the three of them a deal and paid them money without even seeing a script? Without seeing anything. How great would it be in life? You know, I mean, that drop your name and get paid money. That sounds exactly like the Fox business model. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, Makes perfect sense. Anywho, moving on to Edgar Wright. And of course, Edgar Wright has every reason to be up on Cloud9 right now because he did an absolutely awesome, hey, Josh Gad did it. I can attempt to do it better type of reunion with Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Now, um, I, I'm sorry to all the fellow geeks and nerds out there because I tried. I actually had this video. I took the time to go and get it. I took the time to load it to our Facebook page because we wanted to share the awesomeness of that movie and show some support to Universal. Universal simply said, hey, you can't do that. That's our video. We really don't appreciate you taking the time to load this of your own volition and help us market Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and bring it to a whole nother mass of fellow geeks and nerds to go out and check this movie. So what did they do? They slapped us with one of those warnings and I had to take the video down. So yeah, no marketing for you, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And I'll just apologize to Edgar Wright. It's not your fault. It's Universal's fault for being all stingy and whatnot. But Edgar Wright is going to direct Stage 13. Now, this is going to be a movie about a ghost who haunts a film studio. We don't need blood and gore with this, but with Edgar Wright's eye and his storytelling ability, I think this is going to be something special, and I'm there already. I mean, so are we looking at something more on the Nick Frost, Simon Pegg thing? Are we looking more towards, like baby driver so i mean is this going to be serious dramatic mm. thriller or is it going to be comedy action adventure what if they uh, throw it all into one comedy action adventure drama thriller murderous stuff it's kind of like one of your christmas cookies buddy it's like the best of everything all rolled into one. Oh, thanks i love his christmas cookies they're really <laughs> awesome but no i mean what if, what if they what if they just made it like multi-genre in one movie i mean i could see a good ride doing that and pulling it off well 
the fact that Edgar Wright can make a movie called Hot Fuzz and then within God, the same I, decade I also make a movie called <laughs> Baby Driver. Hot Fuzz sounds like one of those cocktails you have with your grandparents uh, involving peach schnapps. <laughs> Yeah, did he? Did yes, he just, I just snorted on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Let me just warm up some of my hot fuzz for you. Oh, Billy! So uh, honestly, I'd be I'd be cool either way. Um, but it, the premise sounds awesome. Let's just hope they don't butcher it. So I, I'm I'm curious to see who they bring in to, to write this, or if Edgar's going to helm that himself, or or what they're going to do. But like Panic at the Disco, I have high hopes. Yeah. Uh, so some pretty cool box art was revealed today and you beat me to the punch on posting this by milliseconds like i had it saved to my phone have you played this in your in your gaming career uh halo in general or halo yeah halo anything yes halo reach was very popular when i was at college god i'm proud of you there is hope for you so halo reach was played multiple times Uh, halo reach and call of duty modern warfare 2 kind of dropped around the same time so that that very much took up a lot of my time uh as a student um, probably more than it should have. Uh, <laughs> but some Halo Infinite box art has been revealed, uh, which, of course, is just ahead of tomorrow's Xbox game showcase. That was almost like a Dr. Evil thing I had going on, the showcase. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, uh, this looks amazing. The depth of this promo art, just I, I can't wait to see what this game is going to look like because it's just gone above and way above and beyond anything that was done a decade ago when I was in college. You know, and Microsoft really needs this game to come out of the gates swinging. I mean, it needs to be absolutely awesome. Why? Because Microsoft is investing a lot of money in the Xbox Series X, and they've got to make up a lot of ground, and they want to sell consoles. This game has to do that. So, uh, you know, developer 343 Industries, I'm just going to say this, guys. You know that the weight of the world is on your shoulders, and this showcase has really got to wow. I mean, Microsoft is playing catch-up to Sony right now. But I love the art in this. It harkens back to the original Halo. And you know what's really got gamers talking? Oh, what's that? I mean, the art is awesome, but if you look, if you look on Master Chief's left wrist, it looks to me like Chief is going to get himself a grappling hook in Halo. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. And that's and that's like a whole new thing. So that had gamers like eagle-eyed gamers going, "Dude, well, okay, the art's cool, but oh, look at look at his arm. He's got he's got a grappling hook. That's exactly what that is." So that opens up all kinds of possibilities, and I am really stoked for that reveal tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. Now you probably know this. Uh, has our buddy Steve Downs is he is he returning for Master Chief? Uh, they've they've kept that one really really quiet. I have not seen anything definitive. And if you're looking it up right now, I, um, and if you find something, let me know. I'm going to move forward. But if you if you come up with something, yeah, just interrupt yeah. me. Yeah, go ahead and go for it. I'm going to see if I can find something because you first, know uh, first images of Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and the rest of the True Seekers cast are online. Now I am excited. For the Truth Seekers, I, I really, as I'm looking at this, uh, Malcolm McDowell is in it, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. The cast looks really, really amazing. And it's cool for me because when you see a lot of these promo images and Empire Magazine had the uh, the first look, what these pictures really did was actually get you more curious about the film. It gives absolutely nothing away. Malcolm McDowell sitting in front of his laptop, the wicker man hanging out behind him, and you're going, what the heck is that? 
Um, then you get uh, Nick Frost uh, driving uh, his grandparents' RV, looking lovingly <laughs> into the camera, and you're going, okay, what's up with that? Um, I will say this, Simon Pegg, behind a desk in an office, and it looks like he's a younger version of his character from Ready Player One, Ogden Morrow. Honestly, the, the, the hair is curious. And then, what is, what is Two-Face doing in this movie? <laughs> there are so many more questions than there are answers. So you talk about marketing this thing right, just releasing a few uh, images and leaving it at that and just saying, hey, fans, take a guess at this and what this is going to be. I think it's expertly done. I'm really looking forward to it because I love Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. They can do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah, even the worst movies imaginable that they're in um, <laughs> at World's End uh, are still worth watching. Like, mm -hmm. I absolutely love this pair. Uh, Paul was both amazing and disappointing at the same time. Yeah. So uh, they can do no wrong in my eyes whatsoever. Uh, just to jump back real quick. So according to IMDB, which is our trusted source for all things, uh, we've got Steve Downs, uh, who traditionally has the Master Chief logo. He's, it just says John 117. So as what role he will be playing in this game. So... I don't know. I think you can probably take that with some gamer salt that he is probably coming back as Master Chief because you know the Spartan ID, you know the number, and you know the name John. So we'll leave it at that. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, I posted this last night because, <laughs> honestly, I wanted to know people's opinion. You're a Friends fan. Uh, I am a huge Friends fan. I've probably watched my box set two, nearly three times all the way through. God, that's it's, impressive. You know, I've not done it this year. I've not done it in 2020. Maybe that's what it's missing in my life is, uh, <laughs> is some friends. So I'll probably start that sometime soon. Uh, but the question that I posed were Ross and Rachel truly on a break. Well, when asked about his stance on the topic, David Schwimmer, Ross himself, told Jimmy Fallon on his late show, quote, unquote, it's not even a question. They were on a break. So, fans, what do you think? Were Ross and Rachel truly on a break? I don't know. I, I'd love to hear what Jennifer Aniston has to say. She probably has a difference of opinion on that, you know. I mean, they were so cozy and company, and, you know, it just took them an entire series for things to get all worked out and stuff like that, driving us all absolutely insane. Only a decade. Yeah, yeah. Only a decade. Yeah. Well, well, you know, to me, I love it when fairy tales come true. It can happen to you if you're young at heart. Yeah, that pumpkin turned into a carriage in our front yard. That was freaky. Julian Bass. Let me tell you a little tale about Julian Bass. Please do. If you're one of the millions of people that uh, were kind of obscure in your knowledge of who Julian Bass was, or, oh, hey, Julian Bass, he's a young, random kid out there that, that has got an insane amount of talent on TikTok and all of those social channels. And the kid is like Pixar-level good with his visual effects ability for his age. Oh, wow. We've got a happy ending for this story with Julian Bass. Julian took time. He posted a TikTok video of himself, and he was showing off all of his visual effects chops and immediately caught the attention from some of the biggest names in Hollywood. Now, this video that he shot, it had millions, millions of views, all kinds of shares, all kinds of great comments. And when you capture the attention of Hollywood... Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn, Josh Gad, Matthew Cherry, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse director Peter Ramsey, and the Disney boss himself, Bob Iger, 
you can pretty much call yourself a big deal. Yep. After going viral with a video, it's garnered over a million likes on Twitter. ICM partners have signed Bass for representation in a competitive situation. So, Julian Bass is on his way. I love it. Congratulations from the nerd and geek community and us here on the Informants Nerdcast. Way to go, Julian Bass. I love that story. I love the ending to it. Sky's the limit for this kid. Now, I, I personally have not seen this, so this is something you're going to have to cue me in on because uh, I, I'm excited. But, I mean, if he's good enough to get Bob's attention over at Disney, Bob's a busy guy, so he's not returning any of my calls. So I, that's how I know he's busy. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I'm excited to see what this kid's got. So that, that's awesome to hear. I think you're really going to like it. I can't wait to show that to you. It's going to be great. Uh, just, just a quick shout out to our friends over at geeky cool. Uh, last night they, they invited us over onto their show and I, I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. That video is up on our Facebook page. I, I've shared it a couple times already. So Larry little, the professor, as well as AJ, AKA ACE, they were kind and gracious enough to invite us to be on their show, to talk all things nerdy. And we had a lot of fun. So definitely go check out geeky cool. Uh, they're, they're really great nerds. They're really great friends and, uh, give them a follow, give them a like and, and show them some love we i mean we broke the time barrier i think for that show uh for <laughs> larry so. so larry if you're listening to the podcast buddy we we apologize we 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 just don't know when to shut up i mean yeah i, I think traditionally they go an hour we took them well over two so probably By about five minutes and some change yeah so i mean they're they're their podcast, their show, uh, longest in history, probably. So <laughs> I, I don't know if we record breaking is is a good thing in that category, but I, I'm excited for it. Pretty dang cool, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> now, uh, Tim had this uh, drop on Facebook, and of course, if you have your Netflix queue active all the time, like we do in multiple rooms of this house in Nerd Informants HQ, Legend of Korra is finally coming to Netflix. Mark it down. August 13th is the day. You can get your Legend of Korra on with Netflix. Yeah, people are very excited about this. I mean, it was just a few... To the tune of 22 likes. Yeah, I mean, people fell in love with the uh, the, the announcement, I don't know, was it weeks? Maybe it was months ago now when yes. Avatar The Last Airbender finally dropped on Netflix uh, and that announcement was made. So so to get the, the sequel series coming out now, all four seasons of it, uh, next month, guys, brace yourself. It's going to be fun. Um, I'm excited that a whole new group of uh, super fans can be found uh, after watching this series. I'm excited to dive into it because it's something I've never watched. So uh, I've always been interested and curious, and now I'm going to have the opportunity. I won't see Tim for another month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Netflix, uh, it was announced that the first two seasons of Cobra Kai will officially be arriving on Netflix on August 28th. Now, just a quick reminder for everybody, Netflix recently received the streaming rights for the series. Um, YouTube decided they didn't want it anymore. They That's put, a big loss for YouTube. They did. Huge uh, loss. Cobra Kai put the the landing gear in charge uh, of with Sony Pictures. Sony Pictures put it out there. 
Netflix made the offer that they couldn't refuse, and so Netflix is now the new home for Cobra Kai. First two seasons are going to be up next month. The third season has been shot, and it is in underway for post-production. It's it's actually, it's done. Is it done? Is it done? It okay, is excellent. So now we're just waiting for the announcement to come of when the third season will find its way to Netflix. Put your bets down on when this sucker is going to come out. I, I am going to go with an October-November release mm-hmm. for 2020. I think by giving people the entire month of September to, to watch and binge the first two seasons, uh, that's going to get them ready. They're going to probably really start to hype up the announcement for that after they've posted uh, the first two seasons on there. So I, I'm excited to see what that hap- how that happens. Going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait for the third season. And again, I'm calling it now. We need to have Sensei Crease back. We need to have Mike Barnes back, the bad boy of karate. I own you, LaRusso. Get on that line. Get on that line. I own you, LaRusso. And, of course, the president of Dynatox Industries, Mr. Terry Silver. (laughs) For 15 years, I've gotten from karate. And it's all about fair play. By the time that kid gets in that ring, I'm going to have him thinking he's invincible. And then he's going to learn about pain. Anything else you want? Yeah. Make his knuckles bleed. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going to use that. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm hyped on Cobra Kai. I love that. It's going to be great. All right. Um, clearly, clearly, we need to stop posting about this on our Facebook pages because um, a flame war going on, and there's not a lot of love for Amber Heard. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been kind of bad. And, and I mean, the po- situation. it just gets more and more bizarre. I mean, I'm just going to say this, and I and I can say it on the podcast. It's not a bad thing to say, but we've gone from he said, she said to he did this, she did that, and then at one point, I think it was a couple of weeks back, we were in the middle of poop gate. Was it Amber or was it her friend who decided to use Johnny's bed as a bathroom? We still don't have the answers to all of that. Does it bear any weight on what is going on and what how their careers are going to be impacted going forward? I don't know. The latest allegation from Amber Heard, she alleges that she was afraid Johnny Depp was going to kill her. Yeah. So uh... pick your side of the fence, folks, because this one is going to continue to get ugly, and it's probably going to get even more bizarre. And it honestly, one person is going to win out. But I honestly think that both of their careers, it's going to be scorched earth, regardless of who wins. And honestly, I, it's I, sad. I, I don't know if there's even sides to be chosen here, because here, here's the thing. Both both of these guys have if both allegations are somewhat accurate of what they're saying that each other has done. Uh, then, man, the, these guys have really, really had it out for each other. And it's just that was not a very happy marriage whatsoever. Nope. Uh, and I'm, I'm sad to hear that. I love Johnny Depp. I love Amber Heard. I, they're both tremendous actors and actresses in my mind. But, man, just what they've they've experienced by being together, uh, I, I, I honestly, I just want the truth to come out. I want both parties to be able to rest and go their separate ways and move on and hopefully start to recover emotionally and physically from the trauma that they've experienced of being together. Uh, so, so hopefully that that's in the future for these guys. Cause it's, it's just been nasty. It really has. Personally, the way, the only way I think this ends with some entertainment value is you need to put them in front of judge Judy Scheinlin or Maury or put them on Springer. Yeah. Judge Springer. Let's bring him in. 
I'm serious. Uh, I mean, the, <laughs> I mean, the, the, yeah. it's gonna, it, you know, it's going to be a movie. It's going to end up on O or Lifetime at some point down the road. It's going to happen. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure Hallmark's already working on it. It's a Christmas movie. Oh gosh, that's one I'm not going to be watching. Uh, in more happier news, let's talk about this. The Child is on its way from Sideshow Toys. Yeah. So the Child, aka better known as Bob. Baby Yoda. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> I, if that's the, if that's Baby Yoda's real name, I'm going to be very happy. Bob Bob Yoda. Uh, the child life-size <laughs> figure measures 16 and a half inches tall, standing on a simple ship deck base. It lets this adorable alien steal all the focus along with the Mandalorian ship parts. Inspired by its unique on-screen appearance, this mixed-media statue features a tan fabric coat swaddling the child as it gazes up with charming wide eyes, hiding this sh- silver shift knob from the razor crest in its right hand. Uh, guys, if you've not taken a look at the pictures that we've got up online of this, of this toy, this figure is absolutely amazing. The detail in here is fantastic. And here's the thing. Since the Mandalorian came out, we've seen some really, really great versions of the child, but we've also seen some, oh my gosh, God awful uh, stuff of nightmares versions of the child who let Tim Burton design this. Uh, so if you'd like to pre-order <laughs> this version of uh, the child from Sideshow, you can visit their website and pay the very low, low price of three seventy-five, or excuse me, three hundred and seventy-five dollars. I think a lot There's of people a point there. that are absolutely obsessed with the Mandalorian are going to be paying that price without any hesitation yep. or blinking at all. Three seventy-five, no big deal. My kid does not have to have school lunch for at least seven months. <laughs> Uh, we're going to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the rest of the year, but I'm going to have that baby Yoda. What'd you have for breakfast? I gave my child six Cheez-Its. What'd they have for dinner? A fruit roll-up. How's that Mandalorian figure? It's awesome. It is my kid. It never leaves my side. (laughs) And there's probably some wackos out there who are operating just like that. I want to see this next bit of news. I am really excited about it. I was happy to report on it because Me too. we got a chance to meet this awesome young lady face-to-face at Wizard World St. Louis. Matter of fact, Tim got a chance to have a word with her, and that was pretty awesome. Amazing. Shout Studios has acquired all the North American rights to a documentary featuring Women in Motion, or Woman in Motion, And that's about how Star Trek actress Nichelle Nichols helped pioneer the NASA recruiting program. And this was all about hiring people of color and the first female astronauts for the space agency in the late 70s and the 80s. The film also chronicles Nichols' rise to fame and portrayal of Uhura on Star Trek, marking one of the first leading roles for an African-American actress in a mainstream TV series. This one's going to be one to unpack. I'm really happy that she is getting her due. She has had a remarkable career. Yeah. And even after Star Trek, what is Nichelle Nichols known for? Yes, her roles. I get that. But her service to the community mm-hmm. and her service to fandom. 100%. That's what makes her so special. And I love that this is coming to light. No, I, I absolutely love her to death. Um, and I, I, as we shared in a recent podcast, I recently finished the entire original series, Star Trek. Uh, and along with that box set that, that I got... Um, had some amazing documentary features, including an entire documentary devoted to the Uhura Kirk kiss, which was very controversial in its time. It, it's labeled uh, to this date as the very first interracial 
kiss on American television. Way to go, Denny Crane. Um, and, and some um, <laughs> some amazing facts behind that, just real quick, guys, is the fact that they didn't know that was in the script at all. So when they were shooting it, Kirk went in to kiss Yahura, and the director freaked out. The director didn't know that was part of the script, so he royally freaked out and paused it and got its studio executives down in suits to be like, okay, whatever. Uh, and then being William Shatner, being the awesome human being that he is, actually said, okay, well, let's shoot it both ways. Let's shoot it with the kiss and then without the kiss. Let's go ahead and shoot it with the kiss first. And they went and did several shots of that, which lasted for over an hour. And then finally, the director was like, hey, we're running out of daylight. We got to get this done. Uh, and so William Shatner said, okay, well, let's do one without the kiss. And so he leaned in to do the kiss and then he looked at directly at the camera and did crooked eyes uh, for the camera. And he did it so fast the director didn't even notice. But when they went back in post-production to look at it, they couldn't use the one shot that they actually got of, the, of them not kissing. So they had to use one with the kiss, all because William Shatner was very smooth. So I love that story. It's probably my favorite story, and I'll probably tell it now and forever. The guy, the guy is legendary without question. I love it. 100%. Fantastic. Uh, speaking of some legendary gentlemen, uh, we got some new photos from Total Film from the set of Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, some great film. Uh, get, getting to see some muscular suits from Bill and Ted. Getting to see them <laughs> as some couple old dudes. Uh, getting to see the two young ladies that are going to be portraying their daughters in the film. Uh, this film, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see it. It's going to be excellent. Literally, the last film came out in 1991. I was born in 1991, so I can literally say I've been waiting my entire life for this sequel. <laughs> it's, it is going to be fun. It is going to be, honestly, I mean, yeah, Mulan's coming out in the same month as it stands right now, unless we continue to go scorched earth on cinema across the country in the wake of the coronavirus. But if this stays in the month of August... Personally, I want to see it wipe the floor with every other film that month. I, I want I want us to be able to say that in 2020, Bill and Ted saved cinema. Yep. Would awesome. that not be the greatest thing ever? I, I, I am putting the word out to all my fellow geeks and nerds. Let's break the box office for Bill and Ted 3. Let's make it happen. Let's show some excellence out there and make this happen. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm there. I cannot wait to watch it. Put it up on the IMAX, please. Make that happen. So Ethan Hawke, um, yes, he's still acting. <laughs> let me just let me just remind you of that. Yes, he is still acting. And then also, along with that, he has got hair that is even more terrifying than any of the wigs that Nicolas Cage has used in his acting career. But I'm interested in this movie. I'm interested for the role that he's playing, but a new poster was released, and Ethan Hawke will be playing Tesla, and that's the name of the film. It is called Tesla. So he is bringing a really weird-looking mustache and a really weird-looking haircut to the electrifying new role. So when I first heard this announcement, I was just like, so he's going to be playing Elon Musk's new car? Like, that? that's going to be the thing? But no, he is actually playing Max Reese thought that. Uh, Tesla. Here's the thing. And we've talked about this in, in the years that we've done nerd informers. Ethan Hawke has never done a movie that's impressed me. So I've got high hopes for this one that maybe this could be it. You didn't like him in the original purge. 
Never seen it. You didn't like him in Daybreakers? Never seen it. Wow. Yeah. You've got some homework to do. Like I said, he's never done anything that's impressed me. So I know, but there's stuff you haven't seen, so maybe that might change your mind. On top of this, on top of Ethan? No, that's just weird. Never mind. Somebody would have liked it. I so, think so. Yeah, somebody somebody, somebody would have liked it, yeah. Uh, especially this guy, and I, I'm going to give a shout-out to him, and you did a great job of doing so on Facebook. But uh, yeah, yesterday simple. was Robin Williams' 69th birthday. He would have been 69 years young. Uh, his daughter, Zelda, did an amazing thing where she donated $69.69 to as many homeless shelters as she could and encouraged everyone else to do the same because her dad would have loved the fact that this was his 69th birthday. So, uh, man, I love this guy. I I miss him to death. I I really wish he was here because 2020 may have been just a little bit more bearable if we would have had Robin Williams here with us. So... I just want to give a shout out to our community on social channels because of the outpouring of support, love, and remembrance for Robin and his career. I just want to read some of these comments because this is this post was that special. Uh, Tanya said, absolutely love this man. Such a great actor and comedian. From Amy, my gosh, he would have had so many funny things to say about 2020. That's perfect. And yes, Robin would have. Tanya, I truly miss his presence in the world. We do too, Tanya. I like this I like this post from Philip especially. When the news dropped about him, I truly had to tell my boss that I needed a break at work so I could cry in the truck. I was laying asphalt at the time, you know, a really manly job. No shame and tears for that man around my coworkers. He will always be my favorite. I really like that a lot. Joseph Pack went simple and to the point. Oh, Captain, my captain. <laughs> Uh, and Joshua Stafford, we agree, he was gone way too soon. But thank you so much to everybody out there that showed some love in remembering Robin on what would have been his 69th birthday. Collectors, this is something that I know is not anywhere in Tim Church's collection, <laughs> and I think he might just be the man to go out there and find this and fill that hole at some point. Ace Ventura came out of, I mean, obviously the film is is legendary, When Nature Calls in the original, and of course there's a sequel out there that is certainly rumored, Lord knows where that one's going to go, but the Ace Ventura pet detective figure turns Jim Carrey into a detailed sixth scale collectible, and honestly, the detail in the face, this one looks really, really cool, and I have not seen it anywhere else, so what do you think, is this a must buy for you? Uh, yeah, you know, if it's affordable, um, here's the thing. This thing is very, very detailed. It looks very, very nice. And based on the photographs, I'm almost wanting to say that uh, his clothing looks cloth and not plastic. So I'm thinking that this is stuff that, you know, might flow. Uh, and whenever you get to stuff like that, the, the price goes up just a little bit because it takes a little bit extra money to include the fabric in those things. So, uh, and with the sunglasses <laughs> and the card, as well as uh, interchangeable hands, um, th- this is going to be a hot commodity. I think people are really going to be excited about this. So I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like when it comes out full packaged. I'm sorry, Ron. I think it's the pate. <laughs> stuff probably looks better on the way in coming out, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, As I've told you numerous times, I was first introduced to When Nature Calls as my first Ace Ventura film. Like, I didn't know about the first one until 
at least high school. Uh, but man, I, I grew up knowing just how hot it was in those rhinos. <laughs> Guano, hello. Does poop ring a bell? Slinky, slinky. You're going to get a slinky. I'm going to get a slinky, slinky, slinky. Go, slinky, go. It was right there. Uh, nuts. <laughs> Why, thank you. I have one right here. It's bulky, but I consider it carry on. <laughs> No, nuts. Oh! <laughs> There's someone on the wing. Something on the wing. Uh, speaking of great and legendary oh. actors, uh, Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts will be teaming up once again uh, to star in the film Leave the World Behind. This film will be for Netflix. It's going to be written and directed by Sam Esmail. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Ismail. Uh, and I'm definitely not going to be able to save the name of the author. So you might have to take this from Ruman Alam. Ruman Alam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of his novels that are going to be published this fall. So the novel's not even out yet. And yet they've already sold the rights to Netflix to make a film. So apparently this novel is going to be amazing, which makes me think and hope that this film is going to be just as amazing because I've not heard of something like this in a while. Uh, Jurassic Park, of course, comes to mind. So Steven Spielberg and get, getting the rights to that before Michael Crichton even finished the book. So Hi, my name is Netflix. I would like to buy you. A hundred percent. And that, that's how I feel. So, I, and, and I definitely want to tune in with my, my buddy Andy uh, reaching out and saying the Pelican Brief 2. So I'd be, I'd be fine with that. Come I, on, I, John Grisham. Write the book. No. Get after it. Oh, wow. You know, Suicide Squad director David Ayer. I mean, obviously, there's this whole hashtag release the Ayer cut thing going on that I just really don't have any time or desire to get behind at all. He confirmed to a fan on Twitter that this scene from the original script that is pictured on our Facebook page was both shot and edited. Do you think a Joker and Trantress team-up in the end could have made the film any better? Certainly not by the script that I read. <laughs> uh, so here's the it's thing. It's so generic. I <laughs> mean, it's just... Yeah, so so just to give you guys some allusion to, to exactly what would have taken place... Hey, do you want to act out the script? Oh, yeah, You're on sure. the podcast? Okay. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Um, we'll, just, we'll, we'll start in order. You start first. Okay. With a narration uh, and then... Narration. Over. Enchantress squares off against the seven ragged and exhausted interlopers as they approach her high noon style. Boomer reacts, turns white with horror. And you play Boomer. Oh, you want me to play Boomer? I'm assuming Captain Boomerang, so... Yeah, yeah. Bloody hell, I found Waller! And now they all see her. Waller is levitating upside down behind the Enchantress. Unconscious and oddly glowing. Her head is wired up with black, inky tendrils from the Enchantress Aura. That stops the squad dead in their tracks. Then, the arming lights on their necks begin to flash red. What the hell? Joker steps out, holding Waller's detonator in his hand. One more step and you die because snitches get stitches. Switching sides of the law. It's supposed to be us versus them, not versus us. Harley beams with joy. Pun? He's not real. I'm the most real thing here. I'm the walking, talking truth. Or maybe I'm not. And if I'm not, 
then this won't blow his head off. Joker's thumb hovers over Deadshot's face on the screen. Deadshot says to Rick Flag, he's the real dude, okay? Joker, you know I never had no beef with you. Bring me the sword. I want the sword, said the Enchantress. Harley, dear, please give the woman the sword. Harley looks at her new friends and shrugs. End scene. I think that's best left uh, <laughs> left where it is. No, I just, pre- I'm not. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. That was a pretty interesting Joker. It was a good mix between Mark Hamill and uh, and uh, Heath Ledger. There, it was kind of a good back and forth. I like that. So, I mean, Jared Leto doesn't really have a Joker voice. So. Uh, he- Uh (laughs) let's wind the clocks back a year see i I always like mark hamill's joker uh, for the batman the animated series because it was a good transition between him doing that and then him playing the trickster on the flash in in 1990 1991 uh, which i've always felt a very good connection to because when that episode aired with the trickster and mark hamill on the flash it was the day i was born what a day. And so I've always felt a very deep connection to Mark Hamill for that reason. Uh, so you guys decide, would the movie be better with Joker and, and an Enchantress team up or not? People said no. <laughs> so uh, hey, our, our community is smart. Yeah. Seek out our social pages and let us know what you think about that. Uh, honestly, I was kind of baffled by this, but here we go. Three, only three months after HBO launched with the full set of eight Harry Potter movies, the entire set of titles from the boy who lived will be leaving the Warner media service come next month. Uh, so fans of the Harry Potter wizarding world only have a little over five weeks to let that binge go on for HBO Max. Uh, let's see. Do we know where they're going? Have you read anything about exactly where, where they're going to be going from HBO Max? They're probably going to go into a, to a vault somewhere. Mm. It's very... See, I'm, I'm seeing this a lot of repetition here with HBO Max that they brought out a lot of big titles for their opening, but now that months and weeks have passed, it, it their, their catalog is starting to shrink quite a bit with not a lot of new content coming Scaling in. Scaling back, and you people that have bought HBO Max, you've got every reason to be ticked off at HBO Max. Angry. It makes me angry. Yeah, I mean, people are saying the same thing about Disney+. Plus. Unfortunately, there's no new series coming out, and people don't like that. That's my secret, Tim. I'm always angry about HBO Max. <laughs> so, Grease. Honestly, I wish I had hair like John Travolta's. I'd even take hair like Olivia Newton-John in that original movie. There, there's a prequel, and it's being developed, and it has brought in Hearts Beat Loud director Brett Haley. Brett Haley will be behind the Grease prequel. Don't know much about Brett Haley, but is it going to be good or bad? I don't know. If West Side Story absolutely rocks it and Steven Spielberg does a good job with it, there might just be room for a Grease prequel and people might actually open up their minds and their hearts to the movie. I don't know. People didn't exactly open up their minds and hearts for Grease 2. So... Yeah, but Grease 2 sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Speaking of things that really suck. Oh, man. Don't do it to me. I'm going to do it. No. I'm going to do it. Stop. Stop I'm going to say it. Stop it. Warner Brothers is also delaying The Conjuring 3 until summer 2021 because Warner Brothers doesn't care about its movie theaters. I'll say it. Can I make a really bad joke right now on the podcast? Please do. I believe the devil made him do it. <laughs> There's a demon in this house. <laughs> no, that really stinks because the Conjuring universe is absolutely phenomenal. And I was so ready to see this story. So yeah, out of all the horror franchises uh, yeah, out yeah, there, yeah, yeah. the Conjuring universe is the one that I enjoy the most out of the horror films, uh, you know, that they've done really well with those and as a good balance of funny and scary and terrifying. So, and you know i'm sorry if that news wasn't bad enough i really like (laughs) here's something i I honestly feel like we are literally beating our 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 fan community over the heads collectively with bad news relative to COVID 19 you guys know about this i'm not going to spend a lot of time but warner brothers has removed tenant from its release calendar we don't have a release date it has been shelved indefinitely at this point right now the film's done it's ready to go but we just can't seem to figure out where we want to put it. So there we are right now. And, and, and the memes that everybody posted in, in reply to that were perfect. Uh, Cameron had a classic one screaming into the heavens. Yeah, that, that's exactly what we were doing. Um, uh, Charles uh, summed it up. Wow. Shocker. Um, and then Wesley was really, it was really my feeling. I mean, had I been drinking something at the office, that would have been exactly what I had done literally. Oh, come on, come on, Warner brothers. I mean, we all know that movie theaters are not going to be able to be saved if they keep doing this stuff. Yep. There is no hope. You can't have a box office if you have no films to generate Revenue. We are in 2020 right now. The number one movie at the box office is Emma Watson in Beauty and the Beast. And the Goonies, for crying out loud, made the top five. It's like Jumanji, you know, when Robin Williams comes out. What year is this? I don't even know anymore. Uh, I don't even know. know. This next bit, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it because we already talked about it quite a bit. But uh, during the the ongoing trials that have been taking place in recent days, Amber Heard described a three-day hostage situation with her ex, Johnny Depp, where he... Claimed, uh, or she claims that he threatened to kill her. Uh, the actress and ex-husband uh, Johnny Depp would "quote unquote" blame all of his actions on a self-created third party. Instead of calling himself Johnny, he would call himself the monster. So, more creepy revelations from that trial and, and that whole drama that's been taking place. So, and you know, I don't know really. We, we got that photo of Johnny from somewhere on Facebook, but I think his expression says it all. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I I like this because this really gives us a good indication of the power level of the PlayStation 5. Yeah. I'm excited for this one because Tim actually got got a chance to see some Spider-Man in action for the PlayStation 4 Pro. And Spider-Man Miles Morales can run at 4K 60 frames a second on the PlayStation 5 with an optional performance mode. So that gives us a great window into just how powerful this console is going to be. And that state-of-the-art solid-state drive that powers all of the insides that's got all of the industry insiders and gamers everywhere frothing at the mouth. (laughs) Especially the Unreal Engine because that demo was, was awesome. It's the bee's knees, man. It's the slice of cake that I stole from Tim. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. Uh, I'm also excited for this bit of news. The MCU Allied Hawkeye series has finally found its first group of directors. The series has now started rounding up all some great comedy directors, I will add. Uh, Amber Finlayson, Katie Elwood, and Ray Thomas have been part of the first group hired. And uh, from what I gather online, these guys are better known for their comedy. So could Hawkeye be taking more of a comical tone as opposed to a more dramatic tone like people initially assumed only time will tell jeremy renner had comedic chops so it could happen he does he does definitely i'd like to see it i mean obviously he was awesome in tag really really good in tag yeah this one sent shockwaves throughout the internet especially in our fan community with everybody raving about how freaking awesome it looked the first official licensed image from godzilla versus kong has been revealed and the image comes from the back of a new Playmates Toys figure packaging featuring the Titans, the Kaijus, battling it out on top of a battleship or an aircraft carrier, if you will. That's an awesome shot. And that better be in the freaking movie. I'm very excited to see this film so much. So especially now after watching or seeing this image, this is oh, it's mind blowing. You know what I would like to see? What's that? I would like to see the end of the movie where Kong and Godzilla are getting along. They've spent the entire runtime of the movie knocking the absolute crap out of each other. And then what happens at the end? They go find a cafe, sit down and have some shawarma. <laughs> that would be excellent. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> oh, I love it. 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 So I, and I love this. So here's the thing. This movie's not had a lot going for it lately. No news, no anything. But we finally got our first official look at the live-action Tom and Jerry film. Uh, the film is being directed by Tim Story, a fantastic director. Uh, it also stars Chloe Grace Mortez, as well as Michael Pena, uh, who they work in a hotel together, and they actually find out that Jerry has moved in, so they go get themselves a Tomcat to get rid of their Jerry problem. So that's the first real synopsis we have for the movie, as well as the first look at the logo. Uh, I, I've got high hopes for this movie, mostly because I'm a huge fan of Michael Pena. No word yet if Tom and Jerry are going to be talking or not. So back in the movie that came out in 2002, Tom and Jerry kind of broke the world when they started talking <laughs> yeah yeah so people were a fan people weren't a fan it was a lot of mixed emotions there so i'm curious to see how they're going to do this but this is going to be a, a very interesting movie i'm very excited to, to see tom and jerry back on the sh big screen yeah let, let, let's not give them a voice but you know i i am okay with hyper violence if that's if that's where we're going to go with this make it happen as Picard would say, make it so. <laughs> Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman announcing during the Skybound Expo that his comics are returning for a full reprint in color starting this October. That's going to be a unique look. New run of colored editions will be titled The Walking Dead Deluxe and are colored by the masterful Dave McCaig. If you're going to go out and get the very best, you bring in Dave McCaig. I, I, I really yep. like that addition to this. Issue number one for you buyers out there is going to be hitting shelves on October 7th with two issues coming out per month. And that will begin in November. And the art that we have on the Facebook page is reason enough for me to buy personally. Uh, no, I'm very excited for this. You know, I, I've been a huge fan of the comics. Unfortunately, I, I, I would definitely like to get my hands on all the graphic novels, the, the compile. Oh, man, I wish I could think of the word right now. I'm, I'm losing it. Uh, <laughs> 
Anyway, I, I've never got to sit down and read the comic straight through. I've got to read certain comics here and there, which has been great. Like you picked them up out of order. And yeah, stuff. yeah. So, so I've got certain issues, but I've never got to sit down and watch, read the books as they uh, in order. So that that would be fantastic to jump on now if you're like me and not had the chance to do this. Uh, this next bit of news, you might have to help me out here, Josh, because this name is a little out of my uh, vocabulary. You're you're the name guy. Uh, uh, I don't want to butch it. Haruma Miura. Yes, uh, unfortunately, he is. Uh, he's passed away. He's best known for his roles on a Attack on Titan, um, and he was just thirty years old. Um, so th- this is. This is very sad news. A lot of people were very saddened to hear this. Uh, It's believed at this time that he passed away due to suicide, um, but that's not yet been confirmed. So uh, you're praying for that family and keep keep their family and friends in in your thoughts. Got a pretty good idea of how the new PS5 DualSense controller measures up to the PS4 DualShock, thanks to Game Awards host Jeff Keighley. Uh, Tim had this image, uh, especially direct from uh, Jeff Keeley, I believe his Twitter or his Instagram account. Uh, he had the controller side by side, the DualShock, and of course the new DualSense. And the DualSense has got an increase in size. The ergonomics look really, really good. I love the placement of the touchpad. That thing looks like it's going to be comfortable to hold and also to help you battle crime on the weekends. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping so. I, I think, you know... You take one of those suckers upside the head, you're not getting back up. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty cool to look at. I, I was very shocked because, honestly, some of the initial art and stuff coming out, it didn't look that big. But, yeah. honestly, to see them side by side, very, very interesting. Uh, Variety is reporting that the house where Rose, Blanche, Dorothy, and Sophia lived together in the Golden this. Girls has officially hit the market for the very first time ever. And they're only asking just under $3 million. Whoever gets that house, your life is going to instantly get better. Now, I, I don't know. Maybe you read this whenever you're putting this uh, putting this story together, but is the inside identical to that of, of the actual show? or, or did- I, I didn't get that far into the listing. As a matter of fact, I would like to do that and find out. But whether it looks like it or not, just, I mean... How could you not get a smile on your face hearing the theme song in your head as soon as you pull into your driveway every time owning that house? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you buy the house, you love it, and then thank you for being a friend. Yeah, I, I'm really hoping a super That's fan so awesome. uh, gets, gets the winning bit on that. Okay, so now, now remind me... Well, they got, they got all the cast of the Brady Bunch together, and they did the reno on the yeah. original Brady Bunch house. And they restored the inside to look like the TV set. And, and that's kind of what I was thinking in my head. You know, if HGTV could buy this house and do the same thing. That would be cool. That would be worth watching. That, that I mean, especially with the pandemic, we we're in need of new TV show content. So, <laughs> And then, of course, the, like it's currently priced at $3 million. If HGTV gets a hold of it, then, you know, the price is probably going to go up by like $7 million bucks, And it's yeah. going to be out of price for anybody that even wants to attempt gonna to buy this. It's going to skyrocket, man. Okay, now... I read what the dollar amount was for this, and I am shocked that Netflix is putting this much money behind this. Well, I'm not shocked that they're, that they're putting this much money behind it in the vein of the actors that they've got attached to it. That makes a lot of sense to me. But Netflix committing the largest budget so far for The Gray Man. Now, this has got Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans set to star opposite each other. Joe and Anthony Russo will direct the mano a mano espionage thriller. I'm stoked for this. You get these two guys in this movie for Netflix. It could be the biggest. I mean, honestly, I think it will be the biggest thing they've ever done. 
And I believe it's probably going to bring in the most money that Netflix has ever seen. They need to, because if I remember right, isn't the budget like $200 million for this? It, it's something outlandish. I, w- I wish I would have pulled it up ahead of time. It's massive. Honestly, it was just... Uh, I, I'm excited for this. Um, you know, to, to get a Chris Evans, Ryan Gosling original movie for Netflix, that is a huge deal and just shows how much Netflix has grown in just the last decade. <laughs> They're a juggernaut. Uh, uh, I mean, seriously. And attracting the the directors of the Marvel Studios in game and Infinity mm-hmm. War. I mean, seriously, if Netflix yep. can bring names like that in, what's stopping them from doing some serious damage in the future? So. They're heading that direction. They really are. And it'll be the best damage because we, the fans, went out. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, so here's some sad news. Uh, and we kind of expected this, but now, but now it's confirmed. Stop it. I, I feel like I'm getting a lot of bad news today. Why are you getting all the good news? We're going to have to switch rotation. Because the cast likes me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Falcon and Winter Soldier did not make the list of new shows and movies hitting Disney Plus next month. Uh, earlier this year, Disney chairman Bob Iger said that the series would still meet its August premiere date. While the pandemic did cause further delays in the production of the series, many fans were hoping that the completed episodes that had already been done would be released and Disney would make the series a two-parter on Disney+. Plus. But that doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, production has just started back up on several things. I think that initial production might have started back on this series. Um, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful because, man, I was really hoping maybe we get at least the first two or three episodes and they, they would just give us a taste, you know, something new to watch because everybody knows everybody has run out of things to watch during the quarantine. We need new content to watch to keep us bored. I saw kids playing outside yesterday. Something's not right. That's weird. I know. I don't know what they were doing. It's hot and gross, and they're outside playing. You need to stop hurting my feelings. <laughs> New aerial photos from the set of Jurassic World Dominion at Pinewood Studios. Burke shows a downed jet in an Arctic landscape. Yeah. I wonder what it means. Very, very interesting. Uh, what does it mean? If you do remember back in like January, February, before production shut down, uh, Colin uh, Trevorrow, he shared a photo from the set uh, that had the, the act, the young actress that was in the movie the last time, the clone girl. Uh, she can stay home for this one. Yeah, well, she, she's going to be in it. Uh, Man. They, they, they showed a picture of her in a snowy landscape. So something tells me that maybe the key cast is somewhere where there's a lot of snow and their plane crashes. So we could be getting like a... You know, Jurassic Park 3, the plane crashes. So Sam Neill could be going through some deja vu, getting in another plane crash. Alan. Alan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Leave her there. She's on the hunt for her velociraptor mother. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. No, sir. I don't like it. So I'm pretty excited for, for that movie. I'm glad production has finally kicked back up for it. Sad news in the entertainment community as well with the loss of a very talented actress. She was in some great and legendary B-movie roles back in her day when her career mm-hmm. was just getting started. But Galen Gorg, best known for her roles in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Point Break, and RoboCop 2. That's, that's where I know her best. She passed away at the age of 55 following a battle with cancer. Now, Gorg spent her final days in Hawaii where she was being treated and also decided to keep the diagnosis quiet, preferring to fight her cancer in private. She also had roles in Twin Peaks, A Different World, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Mantis, Xena, 
Hercules, Star Trek, Voyager, Stargate SG-1, How to Get Away with Murder, and Parks and Rec. So she had really an amazing career. Very diverse roles in television and a few roles in movies. And she will be sorely missed. Gone way too soon. Yeah, a lot of love for her on all our social media channels. So appreciate the the community for for showing her some love and respect and condolences to her family. Uh, Man, I... You know, just too many actors and actresses gone this year. It's just 2020 is not a great year. Uh, some good news. I think I'm going to get to do some good news here. Wow, look at uh, you. So thank, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, Noah Centeno. Maybe I'm messing up his name. Noah Centeno? Centeno. See, why are you so good at the last names? I, I, I feel so awful that I can't say these kids' names sometimes. I probably pronounced it wrong as well. I just made it uh, sound good. <laughs> Noah Centeno will be playing <laughs> Adam Smasher in Warner Brothers' Black Adam alongside Dwayne Johnson, uh, which is actually set to shoot in Georgia in early 2021. Hopefully that's not been altered due to the pandemic as far as we know uh for those who don't know adam smasher is a character who can control his molecular structure with the ability to manipulate size strength and durability quite frankly i don't think it'd be a person i would want to mess with no so i'm excited to see is is he going to be a hero a villain i mean because because we're still not 100 percent certain will black adam in this movie will he start off as a villain will they give his origins and he be the hero first and then changing over uh to the villain so there's a lot of unknowns about the the rock being in black adam and exactly what script or storyline they're going to follow there to make this happen because i mean they're, they're giving a villain the initial movie role so and it's going to lead to spinoffs so imagine the joker with spinoffs so it's going to be interesting and I, I believe this is a, a, a fitting end for us, this final story of, of heroism and a reminder of why this Marvel Cinematic Universe actor is so special and near and dear to us all. There's been some great concept art. I believe it might have been done by Boss Logic, turning this young man into a superhero, wielding Captain America's shield, Mjolnir, and a whole bunch more, and even Iron Man's gauntlets. But Captain American actor Chris Evans praised a six-year-old boy by the name of Bridger Walker. And Bridger Walker is every bit the hero. This story is absolutely amazing. He saved his younger sister from a dog attack as a hero and plans to send him an authentic Captain America shield for his brave actions. These are Chris Evans' words. He says this, I'm sure you've heard this a lot over the last couple of days, but let me be the next one to tell you, pal, you're a hero. What you did was so brave, so selfless. Your sister is so lucky to have you as a big brother. Your parents must be so proud of you. He added, keeping the man that you are. We need people like you. Hang in there. I know recovery might be tough, but based on what I've seen, I don't think there's much that can slow you down. And you know what? We got kids like Bridger Walker in this world. It's a bright place. Yep. You know especially in dark days that we've, we've been going through. It's just uh, definitely it's one of those things where, you know, it's nice to know that the next generation is going to have some kids like this. So hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll have some, uh, some follow-up news from him. I, I, I can share with you that uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland have also had the chance to talk to this young man and, and told them that, that, they should also be expecting some great stuff, some some presents. Um, of course, in Robert Downey Jr. fashion, 
he's going to do everything he can to outbeat Chris Evans and his shield. So maybe this kid's yeah. going to get like a fully operating Iron Man suit or something. More than likely, I would bet that's how <laughs> Downey Jr. is going to uh, to play up uh, Captain America and Chris Evans. But, you know, I just love the fact that the community rallied behind little Bridger. Just a, just a beautiful story. If you've not seen it yet, please check it out online. The story's there. It's easy to find. Just type in Bridger Walker and just be wowed and amazed by this young man's courage. Well, buddy, that's episode seven here in season one. Yeah. How cool is that? A lot of stuff. Covered a lot of ground, guys. So thanks for hanging in there with us. And I will tell you, remember, the Informants Nerdcast can be found anywhere that you get your podcast. We're on multiple platforms. Thank you to everybody here in the United States that has found the podcast and has found something to enjoy. And also all of our foreign countries that are now coming online. We've got Belgium. We've got Germany. We've got Hungary in there, Brazil, and so much more. Wow. So our listenership continues to expand across the globe. And we are thankful for each and every one of you. So as we always say... Until we see you next time, fellow geeks and nerds, which will be right here in season one for episode eight. Be informed. You've been informed by the Informants Nerdcast, presented by Nerd Informants Media. Find new episodes on Anchor Podcasting Services and stay connected to Nerd Informants on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 